time is it hey wait what time is it what day is it I it feels like a Saturday like a Saturday night oh wait it is it is 5 to 10 it's 9 55 p.m. on the East Coast on a Saturday it is May 28th 2022 and you know just sitting over here thinking about what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, I have plenty. I have a couple of uh, ridiculous headlines, and then I have I have a couple of stories that were submitted to me by the, the audience. I've got uh, a thread over here with doppelganger um, encounters that we're going to be talking about. That just We're going to fill it up with all types of high strangeness. In fact, I've even set up a special call-in line on the Discord right now. If you go into the Quite Lobby, into the voice chat lobby on Discord. There is a high strangeness uh, voice chat that you can jump into. That is for people who have very interesting, concise stories about very strange encounters you've had recently and, uh, I don't know, visions, remote viewing adventures, prophecies, or have you had any prophetic visions or encounters with non-human entities? There's a high strangest not line for you. If we get a good 60 minutes in tonight, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. And if we go, we stretch it to 90, I'm fine. But I'm going to be walking out of this building by hook or by crook at 11.30 or by 11.30 p.m. East, East Coast. That's just the way it is. It's been a lot of heavy lifting this week, but I think we did great. And I was not going to miss an opportunity to do a Saturday night special like I did in April, because I got the um, I, I got the plague. I was very unfortunate with the plague, right, Anthony? <laughs> very very unfortunate in this year of plague. In this year of the plague. Oh man! Well, Anthony's here. It's me and Aunt co-hosting on a Saturday night. That's it. It's just us. It's just us. But uh, we got we got plenty to do in the last hour. We're just talking about life and family, and hopefully this brings us up a couple of uh, notches. Because <laughs> hopefully this all brings us up a few notches. You know how those to- uh, right, conversations you know how go. Is. You know how that is. So pour yourself a glass, pack yourself some glass, whatever the hell it is, 
and relax. All right. So the first thing that we have here, Anthony, is uh, the, something I want to bring up just to get started. Then we'll start taking some calls here. It is from the Daily Mail. Okay. Now, you know, people have some really weird things that they like doing in their lives. So first of all, let me get you up on screen. Where the hell are you? Hookah corner. Boom. All right. This is from the Daily Mail. Here's the headline. I've decided to give up being a human and become a collie. That is a dog. Of course, we all know the most famous collie on earth was Lassie. Okay. A uh, Japanese man spends $15,000 on ultra-realistic <laughs> dog costume. So he can dog costume? <laughs> oh, wait until you see the costume. <laughs> and just remember, what you're about to see right now contains a small Japanese man. Uh, an ultra-realistic dog costume so that he can live like an animal. Well, he don't need a dog costume to live like that, but I guess he just really wanted to Im immerse himself. Is there video footage of him? I hope so. Here it is. Here's the full video. Oh, God. What the? There's a Japanese man in there. I'll tell you something. I don't care how happy the music is. It kind of sounds like gin blossoms. That's scary. Yeah, it's like that's like that, that reminds me of the Sandlot. That reminds me of the Sandlot, the beast, what, the beast in in um, Squince's like like memory callback, like his his uh, stories. Right. You know, like when when he's talking about the beast, and it's like it's like a this thing that doesn't look anything like the real dog when when they finally see it when the fence falls. Let's see what else is going on here. There's another 45 seconds of this this horror show. This is like some kind of like fetish video or something. It's a very bad dream, is what it is. But yeah, there's there's definitely something fetish. This is a fetish because you 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 know, remember uh, what animals also do. Animals have sex too. All right. So he wants to live like an animal. That means he's going to have sex like an, an animal as well. Yeah, and he's what is he just gonna hang out in this costume by himself? Like, well, I mean, dude, I, I get... look look. He, hold on. He rolls over. Wait. Dude, what the? We're fucked. We are fucked. That's a there's a there's a small Japanese man inside of there. Oh my gosh. We are fucked. Because everyone just nobody wants to be who they are. No one like <laughs> no one. Like everyone is so miserable with their lives that they need an escape. They need to escape this life. They they have to they have to just like. Attach themselves to a fantasy and 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 vigorously try to make that fantasy reality. The lassie took a, the lassie look-alike then seen rolling on the floor, waving his legs and paws in the air. But while some have praised the lifelike outfit as awesome, others have said it looks unnatural. With one, <laughs> because it's a man in a dog <laughs> costume. With one, I'm actually I was actually surprised how good it looked. I, I mean, I, I I was expecting to see some guy in some kind of cheese. Like I was expecting to see Barf from Star uh, from Spaceballs. <laughs> That's what I was expecting to see. But I was I was impressed. That's him stand. That's him standing up. <laughs> it is impressive. I mean, uh, compared to what you'd expect. Barf. 
<laughs> but but here's the here's the worst part about it. Oh, well, this is the, I guess this is funny. While some people have praised the lifelike outfit as awesome, others have said it looks unnatural. With one viewer commenting, "Quote: No matter how much money you spend, you won't be a real dog." <laughs> Which I think is pretty uh, it's pretty funny because uh, I mean that's just that guy probably saw that because you know he saw that comment. And it is he's probably like like just like cursing at this guy to himself. Yeah. It ruined his day. I know. And well, he was having he's having imaginary arguments with this guy all day. I know but but here's the whole thing. Does he know he's not gonna be a real dog? Uh, oh wait wait, he added there are some restrictions but you can move in it. However, if you move too much it will not look like a real dog. The post, which now has over 50,000 likes, has divided the internet. Yes, the internet has been oh, yeah. divided. The entire... Yeah. Split like the, the red... The internet. Split like the Red Sea. This is the talk. Yeah, like... You can't avoid this on the internet. No. No. That's why... Let's see here. Um, writing on Toko's YouTube page, one viewer said, being freak god level, well done. Another wrote, you spent money on that? LOL. Well, at least it's realistic to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree. But others others praised his bravery and courage to follow a lifelong dream of being a dog. They yeah, gotta well, be fucking around. Uh, uh, they have to Well, be. some of them are. I and mean, then others are probably like, yeah, of course boys can be girls. Right. I mean, it, it, this is what's going on here right now. Um... One commented, I think it's awesome that you are a border collie. Never change unless you want to. So, yeah, we're... I don't know. I don't think that that's very, a very hopeful... Um, not a very hopeful article, if you ask me. Uh, here is something I thought was interesting. Um, or, or not really. This is from the New York Times. And it was picked up by MSN. And here's the headline, ladies and gentlemen. The headline is, Documents Shed Light on Secret U.S. Plans for Apocalyptic Scenarios. So, once again, the New York Times letting everybody know the secret, top secret plans to do one thing or another. Well, I also saw um, the other day there was another UFO thing. Uh, did you hear about that? Like, there was like over 500 encounters or something crazy. Yeah. NBC. It was, it was like an, on one of those ABC, NBC things. I'm like, what the? And and I saw a comment that I thought was hilarious. Is they say that every time, every time there's there's footage of a UFO, we go back two decades in camera quality. You know, it's true. It's just like it's the same shit. You just see a little dot. You know, in a in a radar. That's it. It's the same image. Every any you know, any the official. I don't get it. There's there, the people, the people who have tried to explain that, who are, I guess, the most popular in their field. They have said things like, "I've heard excuses being like, yeah, I know, obviously you're dealing with consumer grade technology, but in the in the 1990s maybe, but consumer grade technology now, the cameras they have in these damn iPhones now, right, are ridiculous. They're also saying that you're dealing with human adrenaline dumps." Like you're you're face to face with something you've never seen before. You think that you are you are capturing something really really remarkable in real time. That maybe you're you're not steady at hand, but it's the blurriness that's the problem. And some people have said that because of the technology that these that some of these craft 
have um, uh, are, are are really being worked by. They displace gravity. They displace the atmosphere around it to kind of create its own little gravitational, I don't know, bubble or something. So uh, on on any kind of any any kind of camera or image capturing device, it could create a blur or some kind of watery, wishy-washiness just because of the a, a field magnetics that, that surround it, that propel it, because it's not rocket propulsion. Okay. Now, that's just what I've, I've heard people explain. Well, maybe it's kind of like, um, you know, putting... Because still, to the, unless you have a very special camera, if you point your camera, if you point something to the, the moon, you're not going to get a clear picture of the moon. Right, right. Not yeah. Not not with your phone. Not yet, at least. I have, uh, I think, like, Lauren's sister, she had um, she had a really good camera that she bought a couple of years ago when she was taking photos of, um, because she was taking a lot of photos of my nephew's f- football games and stuff like that. And with that camera, she was able to take a couple of really good shots of the moon that I, you know, I, I have never been able to take. You always you walk outside, you're like, wow, this is a beautiful night. I wish I could just save it in something other than my memory. Right. And then you just take a picture, and it's just this cloudy white dot. You're like, oh, this sucks. This I don't know how many moons I've tried to take a picture of. Yeah. Well, anyway, here here's what they say. Newly disclosed uh, documents have shed a crack of light on secret executive branch plans for apocalyptic scenarios. Like the aftermath of a nuclear attack... When the president may activate wartime powers for national security emergencies. I mean, wartime powers are always activated now. Until now, public knowledge of what the government put into those classified directives, which invoke emergency and wartime powers granted by Congress, there is no such thing, it's an illegal LARP, or otherwise claimed by presidents has been limited to declassified descriptions of those developments in the early Cold War, etc., 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 uh, but it's not been clear what's in those uh, those uh, directives. So let's see here. Several of the files provided to New York Times by the Brennan Center for Justice show that the Bush-era effort partly focused on law that permits the president to take over or shut down communication networks in wartime, suggests that the government may develop a revised such ordered in light of the explosive growth of 1990s consumer Internet. So the Internet kill switch that we've been talking about that everybody said doesn't exist. Underscoring how little lawmakers and the public can infer, another file from the summer of 2008 mentioned that the Justice Department lawyers were revising an unidentified draft order in light of recent Supreme Court opinion. The memo does not specify the ruling, but the court has just issued landmark decisions on topics that could relate to government actions in emergency. One about gun rights, of course. So this is where we're going. As far as the, uh, the nuclear stuff, I don't know. I just don't know. Those bombs start going. What the hell are we even talking about here? All right, one other thing. Speaking of bombs, but here's a little bit more of a natural bomb. Anthony, did you hear about this volcano that started spewing? Well, not spewing sharks, but there was a there was mutant sharks living inside of a deadly what they have called shark cano. No. Okay. What do you mean well, mutant sharks? Here, here's here's what it is. This is the one from... I took the one from the sun because this is the one that actually talks about why they're mutant. Everybody else is just talking about that there are sharks near a deadly volcano. 
but uh, NASA reveals jaw-dropping eruption photo here of inside of this underwater volcano. NASA recently revealed satellite images of an underwater volcano that erupted in the South Pacific. The volcano's real name is Kavachi. It sounds like a, um, a cold fish dish, but it was also referred to as a shark cano because sharks were spotted living in its acidic waters a few years ago. Look at that, hammerhead shark. So they're like basically, they're not any like new species of, spar- of sparks. <laughs> they're not a new species of sharks, they're just already existing sharks, but they are mutant. Well, there's a silky shark. Okay. Previously spotted living in the acidic water. I, I guess, I guess, yeah, the hammerhead, we know that, that there's a lot of hammerheads, they're right off the coast of Florida. But when you're talking about the South Pacific and all that, and this this particular area because of the volcano, I guess they have in some way adapted to being in much more, far more acidic waters than they would in, like, you know, off the coast of Cuba. Um, Kavachi Volcano in the Solomon Islands erupted earlier this month, and evidence of this was captured via NASA satellites. It's unclear what happened to the sharks living inside of it, but it's likely that they met a boiling death if they were close to the eruption. Footage captured in a 2015 study revealed two types of sharks were living there. Scientists wrote, quote, populations of gelatinous animals, small fish, and sharks were observed inside the active crater, raising new questions about the ecology of active submarine volcanoes and extreme environments in which large marine animals can exist. The sharks were described as mutants as they were able to survive in the acidic conditions that should have killed them. You know what's even crazier, Anthony, is that the sharks were also seen wearing swastika armbands. So they're also Nazis, which I would have to imagine. Do you you think it's worse to be eaten by a Nazi shark or just a regular hungry shark? Well, I'd imagine it's worse to be eaten by a a Nazi shark. Yeah, because that would just be like insult to injury, right? Right. Well, I mean, because, you know, how the hell do these sharks become so smart that they, they know to to go and... I don't know. I, I know. know what the fuck I'm trying to say. No, yeah. How, how do they know? <laughs> I smell them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, so that's the mutant sharks. All right. I'll, I'll have one other thing I want to tell everybody. I have made a new URL to make a lot of things different for people because they were like, how do I send Super Chats in the middle of the show, the Universal Super Chats? Well, instead of giving you tipistream.com forward slash quite frankly slash something slash something, I went and I bought, it cost me $20 for two years. I went and I bought quite frankly superchat.com and I forwarded the Tipistream link to quite frankly superchat.com. So if you ever want to send a super chat to the show, type that into the, your browser and it'll bring you right to the donation page. Quite frankly superchat.com. Isn't that smart? Of course. Very smart. So we've gotten that Easy other to way. remember. Yes. All right, so, Ant, I got a couple of things here I want to... These are some weird news. We just went through some weird news. But I got a couple of things here from people out in the audience. Now, the first story I'm going to read to you is a story of a guy who had an experience of missing time. Now, I remember you were freaked out years ago because you you completely... You lapsed and you forgot an entire something that had happened... Yeah, well, what was I, it again? I I remember um, 
I don't I don't know the exact thing. We were talking on the phone. Uh, I was driving to the studio, and I think you had said I said something that I I really didn't remember. Like I it was it was like you would and and you just said oh, whatever like you thought I was playing stupid but it it, it bothered me so much because uh, I didn't recall saying something that you said I said that I I, I started to like uh, uh, it became a thing that I was fix fixated on for a couple of weeks uh, that like that I I, I just started to um, to you know I would look at at my my phone history and and uh, oh, you know, go through outgoing and incoming calls, and and I would I would see like you know I had an, there was an outgoing call someplace. I'm like, did I, do I remember that call? All this stuff. It was weird. It was very weird. I I still don't know how to. And then I googled it to to see you know if there was any kind of other explanation, and I found stuff like absence seizures and oh, all this stuff like yeah. And and it was it was a mess. Well, has that ever happened to you again? No. Not that so, I know of. You know, I, I just feel like we can we can slip into really weird, these really weird states of suggestibility and uh, hi hypnotized. We can be become hypnotized just by daily routines. Sometimes we just we get into a routine at work or something like that where um, it, I guess it's almost like a, a a natural autopilot kind of a thing. I can see how you can have a, a complex conversation with somebody trying to split your mind between a few tasks and then all, so, all of a sudden having no recall of the other. On the other hand, lost time is a major common denominator for people who have had abduction, uh, abduction experiences and stuff like that. This is a weird one that was sent in to me. This was from Dave. Dave wrote this and says, Hey, Frank, I'm listening right now to your old inter well, your interview from two weeks ago with Don Jeffries. I love when you have him on. Anyway, you talked about strange disappearances pretty frequently, and I'm usually listening driving while driving, so I'm always thinking I should tell you this story, but then I keep driving and I forget. It's not a huge story, but it was just a really weird experience. When I was probably 11 years old, roughly around 1990, my mom and I got back to our house from a grocery trip or something. She got out of the car, shut the door. I look up to ask her a question and she's gone. Like disappeared, gone. I walk around the house thinking maybe she's pranking me, but nothing. She didn't really have time to run around the house anyway. So I just go inside and she's laying on her bed reading a book. I ask her where she went. She said she came in. I told her that we just got out of the car and I was going to ask her something and she wasn't there. She says, David, that was 20 minutes ago. It couldn't have taken more than two or three minutes to get inside, even looking around the house. Where did my 15 to 20 minutes go? Mm. I suppose if it's something important, I'll remember to ask, uh, but uh, I'll ask God about it when I get to heaven. But oh well, been wanting to share that with you for a while. Dave, can you imagine losing that? That's 15 to 20 minutes gone. And you, you were just freaking out over an exchange you and I had, a couple of words that we had. Yeah. Oh, you know something else that just came to mind? This is this is something that, that clearly, I mean, it's like a vague memory I have of being in school, like elementary school. I remember being in the bathroom, and I don't think anyone else was in the bathroom. And I and I thought like it was weird how like there there were kid there were a couple of kids in the doorway like like looking in. Like looking into the, the the bathroom, like like you know, like they they were like uh, concerned, like looking in, like like what's going on. And 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 then I, I think like a, 
this is a very vague memory. I'm, it just popped into my head now. Uh, teacher said something like, you know, somebody was screaming in there. What? Yeah. In a bathroom with you? Yeah. You, you were, so you were the only one in the bathroom? I was, I was the only one in the bathroom. I didn't hear no fucking screaming. Whoa. What? Wow. Yeah. This is at CCS? Yeah. So you're the only one in the bathroom. Um, I guess you're I, at this time. Well, you're, I, I had to have been, it had to have been fourth grade. So you're like washing your hands at this point? Or yeah. Something? And, 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 I, and I saw like maybe I, I, I was kind of like um, maybe I was daydreaming a little bit, but I did. But I did see like there was there were kids that were looking into the, the doorway. They were looking into the doorway like something was happening. I don't know. And but it was just in you, you in there, just me. And then yeah. a, and then a teacher. Or, or maybe and maybe there was somebody else. I guess, but 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 you know there was no there was nothing. Uh, there was no sounds. And they heard a scream. Yeah, something like that. To the point where a teacher inquired. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, that's that's as far as my memory goes with that. I remember thinking, like you know, and I I guess it just this memory just popped up right now because it it just happened to relate. You know we have these like these random things that that are, we remember that are just really vague. You know, like I don't, I I can't. This is not a vivid memory, but but it's something that obviously stuck with me. Yeah, I have those vague memories that stick. N nothing like that, though. I'm trying to. Hmm, I don't know. I um, I have a lot of vague memories. They get triggered by random things, so I can't really pull anything right now. But um, I wish I could. I have to start writing them all down just because it's incredible. It's incredible the little fragments you walk through life with. Fragments with no context whatsoever. Right. Because like that. I haven't thought about that in years. There it is just popping up to the surface. Like, like to, to even think, to go back in time and to see, did you ever, did you, follow, did you tell your friends about it? Uh, did you guys hear a, a, a scream or, or anything? I don't remember. So you think about things like that from all these years later that you have all, no context. And when you're in the moment, you never thought to investigate a little further, too. Why the hell did a few students and teachers? Right. And they, they were sure the scream was coming from the room that you were in. I don't know. Damn, okay. That, yeah, that, that's as far as that goes. I don't know. All right, here's another, here's another creepy story. Uh, this is from Tom. Tom said, Frank, here's a story from beyond the grave. It's very short, and it's creepy. It says, hi, Frank. I have a story that is truly beyond the grave. My uncle was on his deathbed via lung cancer. He didn't have but a day or two left, so the family had gathered in the house and just went in to sit with him for a spell. At one point, I was sitting in the room with him, and he opened his eyes, but he kept turning them to an angle at the corner of the room behind me. I asked him what he was looking at, and he said, death. I said, does he look like what everybody says, I asked. No, much, much worse. And that was the last conversation I had with him. Fuck that. Jeez. I know. I know. Jeez. Oh. 914-595-6953. Do you want to cheer us up? Call in. Want to talk to you. Want to talk to you right now. You need to call in. I'm going to get into your doppelganger stories. Your doppelganger stories right now. 
uh, as well. Now, uh, a few few months ago, I said, have you ever encountered a doppelganger? Do you have a doppelganger in the world? Has someone ever approached you, convinced that you were someone else? Do you believe that there is an evil version of you out in the world? Are you the evil version of someone else? So I put that out there because, you know, that is really what a doppelganger is. It's not a clone. There's a difference between the two. A doppelganger is pretty much like an evil, uh, a, a psychic manifestation almost like a tulpa that is supposed to be the evil bizarro version of a person um so at least that's that's one way i've understood it so i have some great stuff in here i'm gonna take a really quick break as it is 10:32. when we come back your calls and more don't go anywhere so uh i i it's uh, tragic uh, uh, role that they are playing because of the t tremendous uh, uh, pain. topics share your favorite clips watch your favorite clips you don't have a reddit well get signed up for all them juicy deets visit quite frankly tv oh what the hell's going on here where's the music oh there it is that's a really really slow uh fade in jeez i I'm sorry, I, I'm usually very good with these transitions. Forgot how slow this this song is. Oh, uh, Anthony, we should probably make the announcement right now, speaking of music, that our... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Our June 1st gig in uh, in Queens has been canceled due to COVID. The, the headlining band's vocalist has come down with COVID. And not only did the first... The June 1st date uh, get canceled. Apparently, the band canceled their entire tour, <laughs> which I why why this is happening is just unreal. The two I, I understand it. If somebody's feeling sick, uh, you get the flu, you're you're probably going to be feeling shitty. Your your energy's going to be gone. Oh, you can you can cross a week off of your schedule at least. All right. Oh yeah. 
So I understand, okay, Wednesday's probably not going to fly. I, I need some time, especially as a vocalist, too. You need time to recover. I mean, there's a lot of mucus shit going on there. There's a lot of stuff happening. But to cancel tours over this thing still at this point is so ridiculous. Well, I mean, if if it if if she had any experience like I had, then she's not going to be able to sing for a couple of months. <laughs> well, she had strep throat on top of everything else because I, you know, I'm I'm like um, I'm still building my endurance up. Yeah. Well, I, I so I don't know what we're going to do next week, but. Um, Wednesday is not the gig, so I don't know. Um, anyway, that's that's the big announcement. So if anybody was planning on going out to Bar Freda, Bar Freda in Queens, don't. Yeah. No needs. There's no need. Let's take a call. John Otter, good to hear from you, man. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, my brother. Hey. Uh, just got to say to Anthony before we get going here that he is a genuinely beautiful man, no homo. Oh, thanks. He's just gorgeous, man. Okay, thanks. Gorgeous. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, uh, I got a doppelganger for you on top of a fast story. You know I talk fast, so here I go. Okay. Um, the whole trip that I was on, uh, everybody referred to me as uh, Mr. Andretti, because apparently at that time I looked like Michael Andretti, so a lot. Wow. But this was 2001. I had a professional conference scheduled for October of 2001 in Florida. So um, this is right after 9-11. I, I had everything scheduled, the hotels, everything scheduled out for my family and everything. So I had a, a whole two weeks of vacation laid out and I was going to fit my conference in there and put my per diem and my own travel in there. You know how you just try to embed your own costs and stuff. So 9-11 uh, happened. I'm twitching like a mother. And I said, you know, uh, damn the torpedoes, we're going. And uh, then comes the anthrax down in Florida. Oh, yeah. And I remember that. The anthrax shows up right before we leave. So, um, you know, again, I'm hard-nosed as hell. I had promised my son was he seven at the time, and that's when my dad took me to Disney World. Was when I was seven years old. So I was like, you know, before we even had him, uh, we were like, yeah, we got to take this brat down there uh, when he's seven years old, just to follow in the footsteps. So we fly down to Bradenton, we hang out with some family uh, down in Sarasota, and we go to Tampa uh, or the Busch Gardens down down there, do the Tampa thing. Um, and then we haul ass to Disney World before my conference. We do the Disney World thing in Orlando. And the funny thing was that it was vacant. Everything was vacant, man. We had the whole damn state to ourselves. And uh, when we went to Disney World, no lines. What? No lines, man. Oh, is, it, was, it, was, is, it was amazing. But the this only is because people of. There were British and German. This is because of 9 11. Only British and German people down there. And. Uh, so we had everything to our damn selves, and the hotels, uh, everything that I had already uh, registered and uh, procured, they cut the rates. You know, even though I already locked in, they were just so happy to have me down there. So uh, my conference was over in Cocoa Beach. So we haul ass over to Cocoa Beach, and uh, I go to my conference, leave, leave the kid and the lady with the car, 
and they had their fun on the beaches and stuff running around. They went to see uh, Cape Canaveral and all that crap while I'm in there, you know, just falling asleep in front of a bunch of long hairs, you know, making themselves feel good. And, uh, you know, got the Radisson uh, Hotel, which was top-notch, cheap as hell. So, you know, it's like uh, I didn't have to pay for anything. We went down to the Keys. So after my conference is over, I still had another week of, of time. We went down to uh, um, Palm Beach, where I, I, I have an uncle down in Palm Beach. We grab him up, and we go down to the Keys. We went snorkeling. We fed tarpons with our hands. People were falling hands over fist to us to know, you know, just, like, come in. The whole highway to, to Key West was vacant, man. This Never is be- happened. This, so, so, John, so, John, this, this is because of 9-11. Yeah, man, okay. it was right after 9/11. Yeah, so yeah, you had you had oh, the the entire state of Florida and all of its thematic parks and all of its wonderful tourist destinations opened up to you and praised you like a god. Oh, dude, I I was uh, you know I thought I was going to come back broke as hell. I came back with money left. You know, it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And you know, when I went to the airport, you know, I this was the first PA. TSA experiences, man. When I when I I left uh, the airport at uh, Midway in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to stand up there. This was the first time TSA was ever doing anything. And dude, you know me and my sick sense of humor that I have on Discord. I gave it to him, man. I was just like, oh, that tickled big fella, dude. It, I got all kinds of frowns. But what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? I know. And, well, uh, you know, yeah, you it know. was. Uh, the weirdest trip of my life. I, well, I gotta say, so if, <laughs> if, if there's any that good thing, big fella. <laughs> if there's any good thing that came from September 11th, <laughs> it was that you got to enjoy this amazing vacation. Well, you know what? What, what really made it was that um, that I committed, and uh, you know, I figured um, the hell with it, man. If 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 this any of this crap is real then take me now um take take me and my family take me now because uh there was nobody going to take this from me i know and i and i think and i think you john and i and i thank you so much for the call i i think the um i th- i think what makes this go around this slow motion 9-11 that we have been living through in the last three years and thanks again for the call brother i think what makes it really hard and the last three years, this slow motion 9-11, is that just what John said, we were given all of the warnings, we got all of the, the color-coded uh, terrorist warning levels and all that stuff, we got the, the, daily, the, the daily warnings about going to gallerias and shopping malls and whatnot, but they weren't closed. They weren't closed. You can go, you can, you, you can, you can f- fight your fears, you can block out all of the propaganda and the fear porn coming through the television, and you can still get on a plane, you can still go to Disney World, you can still do all this stuff. Um, what we just lived through the last three years, I mean, yeah, we, we, we got punched in the mouth on, on September 11th, the entire world did. But what just happened to us the last three years? We couldn't. There was not. There was none of that stuff. You couldn't go anywhere. Right. This time we were told to stay in the house and keep your face covered. Um, it was just so much worse, if you ask me, because the death toll domestically. And then greater. by the time, and then by the time uh, things were opened up again, and you were allowed to go 
you were you were so like traumatized by the whole experience that I mean, well, a lot of people were that they just they just said nah, no thanks. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? that's that's the whole thing. Let's let's put it, put you this way. After after September 11, 2001, it took a little time before people started getting uh, comfortable going to a lot of big public places, subways. Then again, a lot of people, if you're if you're employed, you have to use a subway. You just have to force yourself and do it. Then you have baseball stadiums, things like that. You go out and, hey, uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, and I'm going to keep my eyes open for anybody that looks like they're a terrorist, I guess, or somebody starts, you know, screaming with a bomb strapped to their, their, their chest. Uh, we'll know that we're in trouble. But it, it's, it's another thing when you go out and the person you know your daughter could be the terrorist because we're talking about a germ yeah you know it, it, it it's like you could be the terrorist it, it was it was such a mind fuck this time around even worse than the al-qaeda thing so all right well here let's go to a couple of doppelganger stories and then we're going to take some more calls so here we have it um pauses and all that good stuff let's see this is from Mine, uh, Minefieldina Tor Tornado. It says, I saw my doppelganger in 1986. I was in a shopping mall. I was in a shopping mall and I see myself leaving a sea candy store about 40 feet in front of me. My doppelganger was dressed differently and his hair was cut different, but it was me. When I walk, I have a distinct limp, as he did. He was distracted by an old lady mistakenly going to the inn doorway as he came out of it, so I saw him first. When he noticed me, he looked shocked for a second, then immediately ran. He didn't run like he was catching a bus. He ran like he was being chased by lions. He dropped his packages as he ran. I chased him. I was in very good shape, but he was frantic. He, he was grasping by the time sorry he was gasping by the time that we got into the parking lot but he kept going about a quarter mile later at the far end of the mail parking lot the mall parking lot i had gone behind a truck he couldn't see me and he paused hands on knees wheezing then i came into view i tried to say something calming like i just want to talk but he ran again i gave up after a while and went back to my friends this is somebody who watches i don't know this is this somebody who responded to the show thread this is mine minefield in a minefield in a tornado. <laughs> now, I just could, want wow, what a it, what it, a uh, encounter. It could be a larp, who knows. But I think that that is just something really amazing to get into a dead heat foot race with your doppelganger in a shopping mall in 1986. Talk about stranger things. That's that's exactly what it is. That that's what it made me think of. Mm. Yeah, Cindy Lauper playing in the background and echoing through the halls. That mall wow. is probably abandoned now. Well, the great story. I love that one. Uh, here's a doppelganger story from Middle Shelter 5117. I believe I'm the stupid version of me and that there's no smart version. So there you have it. <laughs> there's another one from Name Taken 78. I've seen my doppelganger and it unnerved me so much that I couldn't even look at the guy. I immediately took a disliking to him just for looking exactly like me. Looking back, I should have at least went up to him and yelled, there can only be one before taking him out. Hmm. 
All right, here is 1277. It says, years ago, a boss of mine told me she saw me in a grocery store. She was sure it was me, so she headed over to say hi. When she did, the lady turned to pick up something off the shelf. She saw a big tattoo on the back of her neck. She kept walking at that point because she wasn't sure anymore. I have no tattoos, just not my thing. But the whole reason my boss mentioned it to me is because she thought I might have gotten a tattoo on the back of my neck. Doppelganger or not, I don't know. But if that's not, if that's some of the version of my, some other version of myself, I hope it's the version that I bought a mountain of Bitcoin on day one. Well, this is three months ago. Uh, if you bought a mountain of Bitcoin on day one, hopefully you sold it about a month and a half ago, <laughs> or three months ago, because, geez. Hey, I don't, I don't know if, if I have a, dop, a doppelganger out there, but I remember I was stopped and frisked. At a, in a local park because I fit the description of, of a guy who had a knife. <laughs> Apparently, and I was running. I was just jogging in the park. Apparently some guy jogging who looks just like me was jogging with a knife in his hand. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> it really is hilarious. And, and I don't even know, like, you know, is that like a... a I'm not sure if they can do that anymore. Because, like, I remember exactly how it happened. I was, I was jogging and all of a sudden... <laughs> This old cop, he was like, there was an older cop, and then there was a, uh, some asshole cop, and then this, the, the, the female cop. Yeah. There were three of them surrounding me. This old guy, he just like, he got in front of me and was like, like this. What? Yeah, he got in front of me and was like, you know, like, 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 you know, and then, and then the co- I just, the next thing you know, I'm being surrounded by people. Did they draw their weapons on you? No, no, nothing okay. like that. Nothing like that. Uh. Because I remember when this happened. I don't exactly remember how it... I forget how it went. I was pissed. I was very... And, and I was very vocal about it, too. And I, and I, and I pissed off the, uh, the asshole cop. Oh, of course. Um, but, the, but the female cop was... She was like... Uh, she kind of got me out of it. Uh, she was like... She was understanding about the whole thing. And that's the only thing I remember uh, about it. But... Obviously, aside from the, aside from the fact that I fit the description of a guy with a knife, <laughs> I, I you, you know what I want. Obviously, we have to find a way to film it because we we can't actually put you in a park with a knife. But I do want to see you. I do want to see you jogging with a knife in your hand because I I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Is it like? Did the guy have? Is he just jogging with it, uh, his hand out like this, the knife, with a stone cold stone face, and just. Yeah, bouncing along the way, and who, like, where, who, like, did that actually happen? Who the hell went and and did and you know? But there's there's weird shit that goes on in that park. Anyway, like I've I've lost like I remember uh, I I've had a water bottle that that was stolen. Uh, yeah, I had my keys stolen once. You had uh, years ago. You had a tomato thrown at you. Oh yeah, yeah, but that was that was walking home from a, a bus stop in, at school. Yeah, uh, this guy, I, I I was walking and all of a sudden this car comes by and this this I guess he was a kid, maybe he was an older like in like like an older kid in high school. He he rolled down the window. It's like he, no, he was like, he might have been in his twenties to be honest. He's just having a good time. Yeah, he. Rolled down his window, and he's like, here you go, buddy. And he threw a fucking, like, it was an apple or a tomato or something at me. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> what 
point like you've been looking for it. Right. <laughs> Here's that tomato you were looking All for. Right. I was so pissed off, but it's funny. It's funny now when I think about it. Yeah, you know what? We we don't throw enough things at, at kids. We should do well, one night. We should just drive around somebody in the back seat with a bunch of rotten tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go, buddy. Just start because one day they will throw the tomato at someone else. Imagine that guy was like the seventh generation, the seventh generation of somebody who threw a tomato and said, here you go, buddy, because they had been done to him just randomly. The guy right. that threw it at you was like the seventh generation. This has been going on for at least 80 years. Well, I have to then uh, pay it forward. You have to pay it forward quickly because our 20s are already behind us. Yeah, that's... You know, now now it's like you, you do that. That's a little weird. You have thirty something year old men. I know thirty something year old men tr trying to tie up loose ends from their childhood. <laughs> oh <coughs> God. Okay. Um, let's go to a call five zero five. You're on the air. Who's this? Long time listener, first time caller, Frank. Hey, love that guest last night. Want to get your brother's thoughts about this? He like a bush or a landing strip. Uh, wait a second. Is this Zoso, dude? What are you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, Zo? And, and, you know, Anthony, uh, we didn't have enough time to, to hang out together because, of course, I had to do the uh, the book club. But uh, a lot sure. of fun. Next time you come by, all three of us have to be in. Anthony, was uh, pre uh, he had to do a lot of editing last night for a project that he's working on. But he would have been so good. Uh, he would have had a lot of fun sitting in on that talk, especially with uh, the, 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 the L.A. scene, the music scene in the 80s and all that stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, it's funny. Later today, I thought about so many other things I could have brought up. Yeah, next time we'll 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 do it right. But I really enjoyed it, man. Thank you so much. I just really just wanted to say that. Well, hey, I, man, I, I had a great time. I, we 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 really enjoyed having you as a guest over here in our home and our uh, our place of business. Yeah, it was good meeting you, man. Yeah, and of course, I've been getting amazing, amazing, amazing feedback on last night's show. I had a couple of people say that was the greatest show I've ever heard you do. And I've been listening to you for years, <laughs> so they oh they just God, loved it. It was the easiest. So much. It was the easiest for me. I, I threw. I didn't have it. I had a couple of you. If you've been watching tonight since the beginning, all of those the the shark Kano uh, uh, thing, the MSN thing about secret documents about apocalyptic situations, <laughs> uh, the guy oh, yeah. in yeah, all of those those articles I did tonight. I had them as backup for you last night. We did not do anything. We didn't need any of it. It was it was oh an easy. God. It was easy. I loved it. Gosh. Well, dude, next time we'll have a guest. Thanks again. I'll, uh, I'm headed to my mom's. So I got uh, one day to go about 700 miles. I'm going to blow her mind. So, well, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a guess. Send have her. A great one. Great to meet you, Anthony. Man. Yeah, man. Enjoyed talking to you last night when uh, Frank was. Uh, yeah, definitely doing his thing. Uh, interesting cat. Of Thanks, course, guys. Zoso, dude, have a good one. A, a drive safe. Send our love to your mother, and I hope that everybody is following along with your escapades through your YouTube channel and on Foxhole and everywhere else. Real good. All right, take All care. Right, man. Take care. There you go. There is, uh, there's the man himself. That is Zoso, dude. All right, let's do another uh, doppelganger story. Here is this. Uh, D... Where is this? Oh, here you go. Vanessa says, Frank, I was 16 years old working at a local restaurant. And a bar in a tiny town in Kentucky. That sounds. That already sounds great. Um, 
A couple was traveling with a friend and I was assigned to wait on their table. I walked over and they were facing the other direction and their friend was in the restroom. I introduced myself and the wife gasped. They looked at each other speechless. Then the husband gathered his senses and explained, I looked exactly like their daughter who was in college back home. They showed me a wallet picture of her and sure enough, it was like looking at the picture of myself. Their friend came back from the restroom looking at me bewildered. They all shared their astonishment and my similarity to the daughter. The friend pulled out her camera and asked me if, I, if, if he could snap a picture of me with the couple to show the daughter. I obliged. I never saw them again, but this wasn't the first doppelganger incident in my life. I was told constantly when I was little that I looked exactly like Vada in the movie My Girl. Oh, really? My Girl... Vada? That's the main character? That's the main character with Macaulay Culkin. Oh, okay. You know, I, I, we, I, we all had crushes on her when we were, uh, when we were that age. Of course, Blonde my, Girl. Yeah, and, and My Girl was very... I, it, I don't even remember what the hell... I don't remember anymore because I only saw it once it or weird. twice. It was weird. It was sad. Very sad. Because they got him in the coffin at the end. Right. You know, he gets kicked. He, he uh, accidentally trips over the bee's nest and he gets stung to death. And, you know, they're living in a funeral home. It's a very morbid film. And for a kid's film, you know, first of all, you see this, this young puppy love there. And, you know, whenever these things happen, like, like Three Ninjas or something, Rocky loves Emily. You know, mm. you look back. And you're, you're like living vicariously through all these characters. Like you wanted to be the, 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 the little ninja that can beat up full-grown men who are breaking yeah. into your house. And, and, you know, you have a girlfriend and all this other stuff. And it was one of those things there, too, because Macaulay Culkin's girlfriend and my girl is a really cute chick. And, um, and then all of a sudden at the end, he's in a fucking coffin. And she's crying and everybody's upset. Like, this is terrible. Nah, yeah, nah. I, yeah, I don't. I may have seen the movie once. It's not worth it. Not worth the pain. Dan Aykroyd is the uh, the father. Oh yeah. So thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. I hope you've had much better luck at love. Um, here we go. Uh, Pippiger says one day a man walked into a bar and I was tending. He said hello and the response was, "Wow, you got over here quick." I was obviously confused, so he tried to clarify that he had seen me standing on the sidewalk a few blocks away. He said he walked right past me on his way to the bar. It took him a minute to believe that it wasn't me. And even then, he thought maybe I was messing with him about having a twin or something. People have made other comments about seeing me, quote-unquote me, around town over the years, too. There's two of you. How come you didn't wave back at me? Who was that guy you were with, etc., etc., even though the town is small, like 10,000 people, and she is rumored to only have lived a street over for me, I never have seen her myself, unless my perception is just that off, and I don't recognize this person as looking like myself. Very interesting. I don't know. I haven't, um, I haven't had anything like that, though I, I've had a litany of s people say that I look like one actor or another or this and that. But never anything like that where, like, somebody's blood runs cold because they know that there's a duplicate out there and there's something off about them. Hmm. Okay. All right. 1050-914-595-6953. We're going to take a couple more calls. We're, I think we're doing... I think we're doing pretty good. And we're going to go into the grab... Uh, the, uh, the super chat. So let's do that right now. See what people are saying. Tony Rack 
says, uh, Azurbanipal's scribe, checking in, Frank. Missed out this, uh, missed out on this the other night, but my grandmother had a genealogy done before she passed, and Buffalo Bill Cody is a distant relative. Won some money on a pull tab, so here's a few bucks later, brother. Oh, well, thank you so much. Very And, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, um, up until midnight tonight, everything that we get through these Tip of Stream Super Chats are going to OurAmazingGrace.net, and I'm matching the first $500. Um, and it's been a... It's it's been a very very good week for her. Everybody's really pulled out, so I think that'll be nice. Um, Deb Janice says, "Love your channel, Frank, and love to the family. Thank you. Everybody's family needed it, needs it. I always um, I always get I always get people asking, you know, you know, I, Frank, you, I love when your family's on. They they give me hope for mine. I'm like, well, let's, let me tell you something. Where nobody's family's perfect." And I think I love when I have family, family and close friends joining me on, on these shows here because when you guys see them, I, I believe it's the, the best representation of them. Everybody's very insightful, willing to communicate. Um, they're willing to express how much they care, uh, sentimental. But, uh, you know, it, that takes a lot of work to keep those channels open. It really does. So, um as as many of you know as all of you know what else do we have here uh stostube says frank the new url works good saturday boys i'm glad 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 that works because this is going to make it a lot easier to get people involved now and boom boom kitty last night says i hope i'm not too late for grace's donation no you are not kitty you are in plenty of time don't you worry here is a super chat from i i must i have missed this must have missed this. U.S. hotels are Eastern-style hostels now. That's the name of the person, which we can talk about that in a second. Each show gets better, quite frankly. God bless Grace. Rest in peace. Now, U.S. hotels are Eastern-style hostels now. Anthony, have you ever been in a hostel? No. I, I have. Never, what is a hostel? Because I'm, I'm thinking of the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's a movie that that pretty much turned uh, what hostels are into a a uh, a horror horror show, which which would have to be some kind of reflection of reality, because I can totally see how hostels can be very lucrative hubs for human trafficking, because it's a very transient kind of a place where people who are traveling uh, long distances don't have a lot of money young people who are backpacking through Europe or other places and they, they just need a place to sleep but they don't necessarily want to go to a YMCA and sleep on a cot um, it, it, it's pretty much like a, a house or a very low um, a very low maintenance motel kind of thing but you're in bedrooms and bunks with strangers and things like that you have shared living rooms and bathrooms so it's a it, it's a, it's a desperation move if you ask me and I think it's a little bit more acceptable when you are young and just looking to get around and you, you don't care and uh, you're just looking to accumulate some life experiences and stories but that's where me Rob and Matt went to in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It was the D.C., and I swear to God, I would have never booked us at a hostel. 
but my eyes just didn't see the S in hostel. And it, it was like the DC hotel or something like that. I'm like, wow, these rates are amazing. <laughs> there was like $200. It was like $250 for uh, like uh, two, two nights. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it only puts us like five miles from where this rally was going to be, the, the walkaway rally in 2018 or something like that. We get down there, and I realize, oh, hostel. Well, okay, well, well, we're here. Let's see how it is. You, you, you wouldn't have liked it. All the stains on the, uh, on everything, the weird people that are hanging out in the living room. Uh, it was, I don't know. It was almost like the, the cantina in Mos Eisley. It's very weird. Hmm. We got out of there, and in the middle, middle of the night, thankfully, we found a Marriott that had some, that had some uh, room for us, and we we upgraded, but. Yeah, hostels. I don't know. There are some great U.S. hotels. Um, I mean, there's always been shitty hotels in the U.S. Always been. I know that there are more and more there are hotels in certain cities that are being commandeered by, um, you know, NGOs that are looking to store illegal immigrants in there. I know that, that that's happening. That once five-star hotels are being turned into refugee camps. So um, if that's what you mean, I know that that trend is growing here and in Europe. You remember we were, t- we were reading that story a couple of years ago about how entire tourist villages and towns in places like Ireland and Scotland were being decimated because their, their motels in peak seasons, in peak tourist seasons, were being commandeered by the government to put North Africans in there. So, yeah, I, I heard about that. All right, let's go to a couple more things. We're, we're almost done. Selling the farms is nice Saturday night treat. Interesting topic. Reminds me of the World War II pilot that reincarnated as a little boy. Yes, been a while since we talked about that guy. Well, he, he's a kid. He might be a guy at this point. All right, what else do we have? Over here on Foxhole, there's a cookie fight happening again. It's between Dr. Hoffman and Stostum, it seems. They both say, good evening. There's just a lot of things going on here. Stostube is killing us. Dr. Hoffman fires back. Whole bunch of cookies. Stostube, Hoffman. This is like a, a, a title fight. And then Raja D throws a cookie in there and immediately gets overwhelmed by Stostube. A wave of Stostube and Dr. Hoffman beating each other to death with cookies. My gosh. They're making it rain in there. Thank you guys so much on a Saturday. That is absolutely incredible. All right, one or two more calls. Let's go to Shake and Bake in the Discord. Shake and Bake, how you doing? Oh, I've been dinged. Hello, sh- Hello Frank. How you doing, and Anthony? Hey. Hey. Uh, Anthony, you... Uh, <laughs> uh, Sozo asked you, uh, how do you prefer your snatch? And I'm kind of <laughs> curious, too. So how do you prefer it? Oh, that's what he asked? I, I've, yeah, I got a, he said it so fast that I wasn't landing strip. What did he say? Okay, so last night one of the last things one of the last things he just threw at me. Uh, he 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 asked me about uh, my my stances on pubic hair because he does not like clean shaved women. Okay. Um. Uh. But he he likes there to be some presence of hair. We made some concessions. He doesn't like thongs. Um. So I I guess I guess he wants to he wants to know how much bush you can tolerate. I like it neat. Yeah, that's what I said. Just yeah, like, yep. you know, just, neat. Just keep it neat. You know, right. I don't mind bare. Yeah, yeah, yep. You don't, don't, you don't want to be going into a jungle. You know, it's just it's just right. like you know, you don't want to get lost or anything like that. So. Yeah, just a yeah, little. So, yeah. 
Jesus. But yeah, the, yeah, that show yesterday that I, I watched that while I was at work, and I tell you what, that that was yeah, it, it was one of your best. It was so genuine and so so, and like I I could listen to that guy no homo like read me bedtime stories. He just has such a great voice. You I, know what? That's exactly that's it's shaking big. That's exactly what Lauren said to my mother-in-law. <laughs> She said, "She said, you know what? Honestly, if he if he just opened up a a bedtime story book or something and just read it into a microphone, I would I, she would be fine with it." Yeah, yeah, that'd be great for me at work while I'm working on my tool and everything like that. I just I, I'd have him play all night. Like it'd be great after watching your shows. It'd just be it'd be perfect. But um, I've been wanting to mention this for a while now. I'm really glad that you. A couple of months ago, last time Tony Black was on, and he sang that I don't know if it was like a rhyme for one of his nieces. Yeah. And you and, and you took that clip for the intermission. I'm, that, that I really like that you did that because I, I really like Tony Black when he's on. So I'm glad you immortalized him in your in your intermission segments well, there. So I, I, I just want to mention that. I'm glad. I'm glad, man. I, I you know I I know that I don't have a very big crew. I have a great uh, a really great uh, a handful of of good good help that have been with me for a while now but i if we had a bigger crew that's one thing i wish i could do a little bit better but obviously it, it's an overwhelming and gargantuan task where i'm live monday through friday for two hours a night and it's not single topic shows inside of every two hour show are are jokes that are heard and are are lost to pasta i mean they're always there they're archived but they're buried there's jokes that are there. There are amazing little human moments we had. There's poignant, uh, uh, you know, social commentary. There's just goofiness. There's whatever. And I wish that I just had a team dedicated to dicing up these episodes in like surgical fashion. But it's 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 overwhelming. And I'm glad that every so often I'm able to just say, no, 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 no. I need that, and I have to make sure I do it now before I forget. So I'm glad that you appreciate that, Shake and Bake. Yeah, yeah, because I really, I really enjoy Tony Black when he's on. You know, he, he he's, he's just been around so long, and he has so so many stories. And um, and the last thing I wanted to mention was I I know you're you're very apprehensive about getting glasses, but I think you look good with a nice pair of uh, prescription uh, blue light filter glasses. Just make sure that when you get them that they don't reflect too much in your eyes when you're looking at us through the camera because they, they tend to reflect like the lights off the monitors really strongly so ah. I think you I think you look good with like a pair of blue light filter glasses on. I'm serious, man. Well, the blue light filter glasses wouldn't help me. I, I'm having I'm having problems. You know, I mean, I told you my my left eye is my left eye yeah. is being supported by my right right now. But my it's it's yeah. I need your left eye. What do you mean? It, it's just it's just losing clarity, and I I, I need a some corrective lenses. It, it, it's 100%. I mean, I uh, that's that's just the way it is. Every once in a while, I'll you know if there's text at a distance or if I'm sitting on the couch in the living room and I'm seeing like a it's very hard for me to pick up exactly what's going on on tickers on the bottom of a screen now so it's it's just one of those things I made it 37 years everybody are yep. both of our parents they've had glasses for decades at this point our father was in glasses when he was seven I think so I'm I'm grateful that I got this far Anthony's Anthony's had prescription for a while yeah I just don't wear them because 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 I I see fine without them, but I, if I have them well, on, I see clearer. I see a little bit clearer. See, I and I, I, and I have astigmatism too. That's what it's called. Hmm. It's uh, which is like uh, it's like a which is basically I think like a a curvature in the cornea or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my deal is. All I know is that when I sit down to read a book, shake and bake, uh, it's fine. 
I, I have no problem with sitting down and reading books or anything like that. But at a distance, like, I, I, I consider, well, if I'm going on a road trip and I'm in a place that I don't, I don't recognize and I need to be able to pick up on street signs and all that stuff, maybe I, I need to have it for driving, but who knows? If, if, yeah. it, if it got to the point where I need it constantly, I would be getting myself acclimated with, um, with uh, whatchamacallit's contact lenses. I, I, I don't think that it's for me. My nose is too big. <laughs> my nose is too big. I just don't see how glasses would, would complement my face well, you know? So I'd rather just go for the lenses. Yeah, um, you can get blue light filter in prescription, obviously, but the AP because they come in some like really nice styles. I think you look good with the uh, good with them on. Um, or or you just try and get over, you know, because I've been doing it for years. Like sometimes I get contacts like a little bit stubborn on my eyes, and you got to get used to just pinching your the, the membrane of your eye and just you know put, take them in and get them out. But yeah. I, you know you'll figure it out. Well, you're the man. Uh, Thanks for the call, man. Yep, I'll, I'll right. see you Sunday if not Monday. You 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 damn right. Well, not Monday. Because it's a Memorial Day. Oh, yeah, Memorial Day. I'll see you Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, see you Tuesday, if not Sunday. See you. All right, Have later. Hey, you know what? You, 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 it's, a, it's a nice extended weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if I just went live from an iPad on YouTube in the backyard and have a cigar at some point. That could happen. But, yeah, not going to be a, uh, an official episode, of, quite frankly, until Tuesday after we, we wrap up here tonight. Um, I think that I have everything covered on the super chats we did all of these doppelganger stories which i'm so happy about because um that's been sitting around for a while and yeah well we can take a couple more calls 914-595-6953 we'll do actually you know what let's take a another quick break another quick break and um and yeah when we when we when we come back We'll take two or three more of your calls, and then we are out of here. I think it's been a really good time so far. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gents. Lulu had a baby. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom. He swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cocktail ginger ale. Five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. Whoa, you gotta calm down there, Chuck. I hurt people. I'm a dick. Well, being a dick ain't so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit.
You know what we need to do? We need to, um, we need to do more live performances from in here. I, I mean, not even just on, just, just weird, jammy, experimental things. We gotta invite more of our musician friends over to figure out how to make that room more universally, um, functional. I know that it's, it's really designed for our band's our bands practicing and, and development, right. you know, it's designed, customized for us. But we got to figure out how to make it a little bit more universal. Yeah, yeah, we can. I don't know how. Obviously, I don't know anything about that. But all right, we are back for the final short leg of the show. It's been a really good time. It's me. It's Anthony. It's a Saturday night before Memorial Day. Nice long weekend. I hope everybody enjoys it in their own way. Let's take a call. Nine zero eight. You're on the on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Patty. Patty, welcome to the show. Patty? Patty? What happened? I don't know. Oh, I'm here. But, uh, Patty, listen, you have to listen to me. I'm listening to you. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, get get rid of the other uh, the, the stream because there's a there's a big delay. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, how are you guys? Oh, well, good. We're doing how you well. doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you very much for taking my call. Of course. Um, so, actually, I wanted you guys to know that, um, so, I actually have experienced a lot of things in this life here on Earth. Um, I predicted my husband when I was little, and um, come to find out, like, I've had a galactic being next to my bed a few years ago and um, a few a few I years really... a few years ago you said yeah what kind of galactic being are we talking about here um he was uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and he was standing right in front of me and he was pure blue and he had um, it was almost like he was standing at attention next to me a blue avian I don't know if it's avian, but I had a friend of mine, and um, she does out-of-body experiences, mm -hmm. OBs. And she goes, wow, you actually um, deal with the Nordic beings. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting, because um, <laughs> the guy had golden buttons, three of them, I could tell. So imagine waking up in the middle of the night and you're like, okay, there's somebody next to me and you're looking all the way up and you see the buttons, and but you don't see the hands. And I studied him and he was very, very thin. When I looked up at the head, the head was like, you know, like beam me up, Scotty. Um, so that was uh, already like disappeared. I couldn't see the face, but I got scared. So I pulled up my... Um, blankets and I'm like oh my god go away go away. so what did he want what did, so what, what did he want from you he was literally just standing there and what happened is I come to find out that so he returned me back to my body okay and um yeah it was the weirdest thing anyways it happened so I wait 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 so so my, but so he's yeah. he's standing over you and then and yeah. you pull you pull your covers over your head and you say go away does he go away uh, and then I pulled the covers back to my face back, back down and it was gone completely gone disappeared 
And I literally just waited there for a second and boom, mm. I fell right asleep and boom, I woke up again. So it was a wild experience where it definitely was there because I felt the fresh air in my face and everything. And, you know, I really think that when we start exploring and seeking more things and I feel like we see more, we get more advanced. Well, I would have to say that that is a, in general, that would be the recipe for having new experiences in life is seeking them. Mm-hmm. And being open to yeah. doing new things, yes. Uh, I, now, as far as how, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how anybody can leave themselves open to having an experience like you just described. I guess that's just luck of the oh, draw. That's nothing. That's luck I'll, of the draw, I I'll guess. I'll tell you another one. Well, I mean, very, 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 very quickly. I understand what you're saying here. You are on a cosmic journey unlike anything else. But um, just <laughs> very, very quickly. So you had a, a, a blue alien uh, uh, encounter, and now, and now what's this one? Yes, it was a blue alien encounter. And then the next one was where I woke up, same bedroom, same place, I woke up, and this was um, a month ago. I woke up and it was here where we are now, and I got on my bed, I went downstairs, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the room was different. It was like I was in a different realm. I wasn't really in my home because I noticed I I just did my kitchen. My kitchen was not the same. And I said to myself, okay, this is not my house. This is very strange. And I looked outside. The sun was on the opposite side. And usually the sun comes on a different side. So it's like opposite. And as I'm looking at the so sun, the, I grabbed my... So the sun was rising or setting? The sun was rising on the upper opposite side. So the sun was rising in well, the west for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And, and when, and thought, when oh did everything gosh. come back? When did everything come back uh, Come back to the, the, the new reality? I mean, the old reality? Right. So... When? I, I, I'm just saying, like, at what uh, point? Well... It didn't immediately because I started looking at the sun and I wanted to take a picture of the sun. Right. And all of a sudden, boom, I woke up again on my bed. So let me ask you something real quick. With all of these experiences that happen to you where the sun is, is, is being switched around on you and you have these people coming to your bedroom, what, what do you believe you're being prepared for? Or, and, and what are you gaining from all this aside from just just this this under this new open i don't know mm-hmm. the, the, that the world right. is very so, weird beyond what we see mm-hmm. what do you think you're being prepared well, for what's happening is um we need to understand that we are beings that are very powerful and but what power what realms what power that we ha- are what ex- well I'm, 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 I, what i'm asking is what you just mm-hmm. described there are experiences of very random, inexplicable things that have happened to you. So, w- yes. what what power have you claimed through that? What what what? what I mean, I, I don't I don't have any anything here that really seems like a, a lucid experience. It seems more right. as if it's just um, I don't know. You you've been caught in some kind of a a, a whirlwind yes. of things that you don't have any ex- explanations for. So. How how do you know that this is something of your power? This is something that represents your power as a being. 
Well, because it was in my house. So what happened is the first time that I woke up, mm. I noticed my my own home was different. And then I literally woke up again. But that's and then what happened is But you didn't change but up, what, what I'm saying is Patty is you didn't change your home. Something hap it happened right. to you. It happened to you. So where do right. where where do you where would you conclude that this is a an expression of your personal power? Um okay, so the the second time when I woke up, right? I went downstairs again. Okay. And it was a different um feeling again. So I went into my garage and all of a sudden I opened my garage and my car was different. Wow. Okay. Well, so okay. I, well, Patty, so I, hold on. Let me finish. Well, the, listen, okay, well, okay, you have, okay. 30 seconds. Go ahead. Cause I, I can see where this is okay. going. Right. So what's happening is a being actually appeared in front of me mm -hmm. and I literally looked at him and I said, go ahead. I dare you. So I, w I didn't fall into um, being afraid. And what happened is I jolted myself right back and I woke up again. So therefore, that, that power of me not being afraid literally didn't keep me anywhere less than I am now. So I'm actually stronger because I know that these things are happening and I'm not asking why. I know that I'm in tr I'm power, so it doesn't control me. Do you understand? Yes. Within okay. all of these things that are happening. Also, I wanted to tell you that um, there's greatness underneath us right now. Um, stem cell um, regeneration well, is here on this planet. Okay. And, well, okay. Well, um, Patty, I, th I yeah. thank you. I thank you for the call. That this is this is we're opening a Pandora's box here. Uh, stem cells and everything. I thank you so much for that. It's definitely high strangers for the evening, and I would uh, I'd love to have you call in again, and we can go somewhere else with that. Um, well, hey, wakes up a lot and sees a lot of weird things happen. I think I'm sure you know. I've uh, we've definitely got calls like that on the show before, where things have changed around and they come back. You get some kind of understanding of where you stand in this this uh the great chaos of our universe and if things are happening to you maybe you have a, a, a at least a chance to deny it and say no i don't want any part of it and it goes away so uh perhaps what patty really really found there is that her greatest power and some of our greatest powers is consent uh consent to be um to be meddled with and impacted in one way or another. Well, that's what we have for tonight. It's a Saturday. I, th Anthony, thank you for hanging out with me, yep. man. And everybody, thank you at home. I am, uh, I'm really grateful to you all, and I will be back on Tuesday. So with that, good night, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Tony Rack, Deb Janice, Stostube, Boom Boom Kitty, U.S. Hotels are Eastern style hostels now, and uh, and many more on Pill.net. I released a scratch in. There's so much more coming up for the rest of the week, the weekend. And thank you so much for the wonderful company tonight. I will see you on uh, the other side of the weekend. Nighty night. -night.